If anything kills over 10 million people in the next few decades, it's most likely to be a highly infectious virus rather than a war. Not missiles, but microbes. Now, part of the reason for this is that we have invested a huge amount in nuclear deterrence, but we've actually invested very little in a system to stop an epidemic. We're not ready for the next epidemic. So this is Bill Gates in 2015, standing on the TED Talks and predicting about the virus that will kill tons of people. And right now, every second person in the world asking questions about where we would be in six months, a year, ten years from now. The coronavirus pandemic pits all of humanity against the virus. The damage to health, our everyday comfort zone and well-being has already been enormous. This is like a world war, except in this case, people are all on the same side. Everyone can work together to learn about the disease and develop tools to fight it. Today's podcast will be based on interview of Bill Gates on TED Talk two months ago about how we must respond to the coronavirus pandemic. And the coronavirus struck a blow to the egoistic competitive rat race we were running and over time we have calmed down our consumerist lifestyles where it was a norm to explode other for personal profit purposes. Weeks and months of isolation will play in their role in transforming us. Do we really think that the moment all of the restrictions are lifted and we will be running back to males, filling our bags with piles of extra clothes, plaques, plastic goods, and flying to tourist destinations left? Right and center again? I don't think so. Um, and it's very tough to say to people, hey, keep going to restaurants, you know, go uh, buy new houses. Ignore that pile of bodies over in the corner. Just, you know, we want you to keep spending because there's some, uh, maybe a politician who thinks GDP growth is, is what really counts. It's very hard to tell people when there's an epidemic spreading that, you know, threatens uh, particularly uh, their parents or elderly people that they know that they should go about things knowing that their activity is spreading this disease. And the major takeaways from this pandemic is that we have cooled off our approaches to each other where we each aim to self-benefit at the expense of others and that we see a clear example of nature treating all people equally, which we would be wise to apply to each other. What you should do is take a spreadsheet and take a number like four, one person affects four people, and say the cycle you know, is every 10 days. Go through you know, eight of those cycles uh, and you're getting a big number. You know, start with 10,000 uh, and then you know, that increase. If you take the number 0.4 instead, that is the average case infects 0.4 people, which 
uh, then look at what happens to that number as you go out. It, it drops to zero. And so things that are exponential are very, very... On the question about how should countries who do not have the luxury of social distancing or a great health system in place be handling this virus? In what case at that in developing countries, the ability to isolate when you have to go to get your food every day and earn your wage when you live in a slum where you are very nearby each other, it gets really, really hard to do. And he admitted that in the way of more difficult as you move down the income ladder that it is in a country like the US or UK, and so we should all accelerate the vaccine, which eventually will come. So, what can people do from their own homes right now to try and help to the government, to the world? Well, of course, there's a lot of creativity. However, right now, one of the biggest help from us people is to stay home safe and sound. That's it. No need to take a gun and go to save our motherland. Stay home, keep your hygiene, and spend some time with your family. That's all you need to be safe, to be healthy, and of course, to be happy in the future.